Hello and welcome to Mike Mino the podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, thanks. It's great to have your company. And I hope you'll forgive me this week if I wander off script a little bit. You see, many of my long-time listeners would be familiar with Bill Bennett, the Australian filmmaker, director, author and blogger. He's no slouch. He's directed 16 feature films and has worked for many years in Hollywood. I interviewed Bill in weeks three and four of My Camino, the podcast, before I was brave enough to venture into the over 30-minute mark. I was astounded at Bill's ability to capture, in essence, what the Camino holds, both for him and for the rest of us. Bill then interviewed me before I walked my second Camino in September and October of this year, and then again on my return. They're well worth a listen. When I spoke to Bill early in 2017, he was working on a film about intuition, and I've decided this week, as I said, to wander off script and to talk about the film, PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. It's been out for about two months, and the response has been incredible. And I decided to speak to Bill because I know many of my listeners and subscribers are people interested in spirituality, interested in learning more about their spiritual and deeper selves. I think it's fascinating, and I think it's particularly fascinating to look at intuition as pilgrims, because when we're on the Camino, you find this incredible space and time, and there's an opportunity for intuition to shine through. He's on the line, Bill Bennett. Hello. Welcome, Pilgrim. <laughs> G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Hey, let's set it up. You were working in New Orleans on a, on a picture and you had to drive to the airport early one morning to catch a flight back to LA. Tell us the story behind the, the initial PGS, your initial intuition. Well, what happened was, yeah, I was, I was running late for the, uh, for the first flight out and I had to... Um, I had to get the car to the rental place and so forth. I had a green light up ahead, and it was. Um, oh, sorry, there's some noise outside. It must be. Uh, I think the FBI is under me. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter. <laughs> um, wrong country. Um, I was running late for the flight, and I was. Uh, I had a green light up ahead. There was no. It was before dawn. It was dark. There was no. There were no cars on the road. As I was approaching this intersection my natural inclination was to speed up because I wanted to get through on the red on the green light. I didn't want to um, I didn't want to get stuck on a on a red light. Um, as I was about to put my foot on the accelerator, I heard a voice and the voice said slow down, which just was weird. Um, and of course my natural inclination was just to go, Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Early in the morning. I'm gonna speed up. But the voice said again slow down. So I slowed down. As I entered the intersection a huge truck ran a red light on the cross street on my right-hand side, barreled through the intersection at this you know, hurtling speed, and literally, I, at that point, then I jammed on the brakes, and I just uh, and it just missed me. But had I not slowed down, had I not listened to that voice, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I would have been killed. And that got me thinking. I, I pulled up by the side of the road. I was shaking. I, you know, I, I had just narrowly missed death. And I began to wonder what was that voice. And that then started an 18-month journey, an odyssey, for me to find out what that voice was. I had three questions. What was that voice? Where did it come from? And why did it save my life? And those three questions propelled me through the making of the film. So if the voice hadn't told you to slow down, if you hadn't listened to that voice, and that's a critical thing, isn't it? That you listened to the voice. 
and we'll, yeah. and we'll get to that. You've been fascinated by intuition, where it came from, why was your life saved? And so this yeah. movie came about. And you say in your research, you found that we each have within us this guiding mechanism that tries to keep us safe and on our path in life, our personal guidance system or PGS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's when I've really come to the conclusion. I, what happened was after that, that happened in 1999. So that's, um, that's at this point now, it's 18 years ago. Yeah. I spent a long time musing over it and, and trying to forget about it, really, but it kept on coming back and haunting me. And so I didn't at the outset think, oh, there's a great film in this. I, I just started reading up about it and trying to, trying to learn more. Um, but then I came to the conclusion that the only way I could really find out about it was if I did make a film about it. That's basically how I operate. Um, and so I, over a three, four-year period, I travelled around the world. I interviewed 75 experts from various fields. I really concentrated on the fields of science, uh, religion and spirituality. I want to look at it from those three perspectives I ended up shooting over 120 hours of footage, which has come down to a film that features 26 of those interviewees and um, just under 90 minutes of film. And the conclusion that I came to was that all of those people who were experts in fields of spirituality, religion and science, they're all basically saying the same thing, except they were using their own particular terminology. And what they were saying essentially was that intuition is, is a guidance system. It is a system that is a part of our energetic bodily functioning system. It's part of our energetic realm. And it exists to try and guide us through life and keep us safe. So much like the nervous system. Well, from what I understand, what it does is on the energetic level, it connects with the if you like, the corporeal level of our body. So it, it interacts, the energetic system interacts with our hormonal system, our central nervous system, yes. Um, other systems that, 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 in fact, then, you know, we talk about having a gut feeling, and we talk about having a gut feeling is because we actually physically feel it in our gut. And so what's happening is that that energetic realm is connecting with that chakra that interacts with you know, those bodily functions, in, and that's why we feel it, and that's why we say we've got a gut feeling. And sometimes we say, oh, I, I just, I had this feeling in my heart that that was the right thing to do. Well, that's because it connects with the heart chakra, um, and that, that then interacts with those physiological systems that work within the heart. So it is, it is a, a functioning system that works from the energetic to the physiological. So somebody listening today, can they tap into their intuition? Or is it just simply a matter of, of, of centering yourself so you can listen, as you did, and hear? Um, on one level, that's a very simple question. On another level, it's actually quite complex. Let me get the simple, <laughs> okay. the simple answer first, if, if, if I can. The simple answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're laughing. Um, um, yeah, but you see... What I've come to believe and understand is this, and that is that we're all born with intuition in the same way that we're all born with a digestive system or a circulatory system. We're all born with intuition, but some of us have a predisposition to um, be more sensitive to it, if you like. With other people, it requires more work to develop it, like a muscle. 
like an energetic muscle. And one way that you can do this is by is by being aware and paying attention to the little things around you and those those little whispers that you get. Um, and it could be as simple as um, I'm going to take an umbrella today, even though the uh, weather forecast says that it's going to be fine. I'm going to take an umbrella because I've got to walk and I think it might rain. And then you find out that it pours and your intuitive system was absolutely correct. And so once you start, if you like, get comfortable with making these small, trusting decisions with your intuition, when a big decision comes along, you have the validation. You, you have you've developed that muscle to such an extent that you feel comfortable then, if you like, making an intuitive call and making it with the knowledge that everything is going to work out okay because it's worked out okay with the little things in the past. Um, for instance, a bigger question, the bigger intuitive questions might be, should I take that job or, you know, should I, should I commit to this particular relationship, whether it's a personal or business relationship or, you know, should I, should I move to another city and, um, you know, change my lifestyle? These kind of things, which are big life, you know, lifestyle decisions. Your intuition presents at those moments in your life when you have to make the big calls. But what it does is it's always there for the small things as well. So if you train yourself to use your intuition on those small things, when the big decisions come along, yeah, I'm going to run with this because my intuition tells me to. And so this is a Camino podcast. Let's talk about the Camino. A big big (laughs) question and a big question that relies on intuition. Should I walk the Camino de Santiago? And, mm-hmm. and you dedicated your first Camino to p- your personal guidance system. You decided to do the walk intuitively. And, mm-hmm. and it was, wasn't easy for you, was it? Well, no, it wasn't easy for me. But, you know, Dan, the, the crazy thing is I have to ask myself, why did I walk that first Camino? And I think a lot of people listening to this podcast would, would be in a similar situation if, they're, if they have walked the Camino in the past and they think back on why did they make that decision to walk it. Or if they're considering walking the Camino and they probably, like me and like a lot of other people, have this, um, how can I say it, irrational, (laughs) totally irrational sense to do it. I mean, I think that was probably the case with with you as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I just sort of went off on a whim and, and, well, it's safe to say it's changed my life. Well, exactly. And that's your intuition working. You know, it's 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 working with you to um, you know to walk the Camino so that you can institute change, so that the Camino can institute change within you. Um, that's certainly what what happened to me. I I decided that I would dedicate my walk to the movie that I wanted to make. Um, I was still in a bit of a um, uh, how can I say? I, I was still undecided as to whether or not I could make the film, whether or not I should make the film, and you know how it would all happen. But one thing that I knew for certain, and that is that I had to walk the Camino, and I had to dedicate dedicate my Camino walk to PGS. And what that meant was that I was going to walk the Camino intuitively. So what that meant was that I wasn't going to make any decisions, any rational, logical decisions. I wasn't going to. Uh, pre-book any accommodation i was going to let each day unfold as my intuition um how can i say not allowed me to but as my intuition guided me to 
And what it meant was that I I met people that I wouldn't otherwise have met, people that in having a huge influence on my life. I went to places that I wouldn't normally have gone to and and deciding to walk the Camino intuitively meant that I had to undergo a fundamental shift in my personality because being a film producer and director, all through my life, I have been a consummate organiser. Um, I don't do anything without having researched it properly, um, really under, you know, gone, gone through all of those logical processes that you need to go through before you do anything, and then I do it with a sense of knowing. When I decided to leave that behind and walk the Camino intuitively, it was a big, big shift for me, and that changed my life. And you say that you needed to do the walk, and later you realised you needed to do the walk to make the changes that you had to make internally before you undertook the, the film. Well, yeah, and like you say, I, I didn't, I didn't realise that at first. I didn't go into the Camino saying, in a knowing kind of way, saying, right, I have to walk the Camino because I need to change. The sure. Camino's going to change me. Sure. That, that didn't happen. I think probably <laughs> that's the same with you and a lot of people as well. Um, you don't really know why you're doing it. You just know you've got to do it. And then bloody hell, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you, you get to the end of it or, or months later, you realize that that was a necessary thing for you to have done for you to become the person that you've now become. So, um, let, so let me ask you, do you consider it and the and the realization, in a sense, that, that it's one of those examples of the Camino providing. I regard the Camino as one of the great transformative experiences that you can undertake in life, um, if you allow it. And I think that's a big caveat. You have to allow it. I know people who have walked the Camino who have not allowed it, and I've got to the end, and I've got their Compostela, and I've and I've. Um, uh, you know, brush their hands together and they go on, right, okay, I've knocked that off, I've walked the Camino, and then they go back to their, you know, resume, what, what is it, resume normal activities? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regular duties or whatever it's the yeah, cliche yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, um, But you've got, you've got to allow it. Now, sometimes you can allow it to an extent, and the Camino prizes open, you know, your shutdown lid. It, it puts a jemmy in and it pries it open. And before you realize that even though you may not want it to, you have realized that you have gone through a transformation or a transformation is in process. Because it doesn't always happen, you know, during those, you know, 28, 30, 40 days, whatever that it might take you to walk. Sometimes it takes months, sometimes years before you realize that the Camino has changed you in some very fundamental ways. Um, but it is a transformative experience. And, I mean, Dan, you and I have talked about this in the past. I have this theory that one of the one of the ways that it works is through the spiritual imprint of the path itself, that you are taking up through your feet, through your whole body, those spiritual imprinted intentions the physically, geographically, etherically, in the path itself, on the way itself. I saw this morning a photograph of a heat-seeking exercise map of Spain. So, so everybody who exercises, they, they are tracked by their heat that they generate. So as the person on the, on the map scrolled right out, 
so that you could see all of the Spain in its entirety in the frame on the computer. There was, you know, Madrid was glowing, Barcelona was glowing, Valencia. But clearly, right across the Camino de Santiago, the Francis Way, was illuminated all the way across. So there was an energy glowing along Mm. that route. Mm. You could see it from space. Mm. How incredible. It is incredible. And in fact, I'll try to put the photograph on, on the podcast on the bottom of the podcast notes today. It is incredible. And that there is absolutely no doubt about the energy that, that you all, we all experience on the Camino. And if you're thinking of walking, it's something I think that, as Bill said, you really need to be open to. And, and Bill, would it be fair to say that, and you've said this to me before, that it gave you, walking the Camino gave you the courage to make the film. You thought that if you could walk across Spain, you could do just about anything. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really, I I do actually believe that, Dan. I mean, you know, look, I, I came I came to making the film an experienced filmmaker after thirty years having made films. So it's not like I was shy in making films, but this was going to be the most personal film that that I had made. It's turned out to be the most personal film I've made, and it has required enormous amount of courage for me to make the film because essentially in making the film. I have somebody described it as I've come out of the the spiritual closet, <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> and and you know, look, you know, we filmmakers are, you know, a tough, cynical bunch. And for me to come out and say, hey, you know, I'm a spiritual being, it's, um, you know, what that. Having made the decision to do that, I knew that I was going to cut myself off from a lot of traditional filmmaking colleagues and mechanisms, funding, all sorts of things. But, you know, so it required courage and I needed to walk the Camino to get that courage, if you like. And to an extent, it sort sort of gave me, if you like, spiritual cred. (laughs) I didn't realize, I didn't realize that at the time. But later on, when I spoke to people, I said, look, when I've walked the Camino, uh, you know, they, they go, oh, really? And that I didn't realize that there's a certain kind of spiritual badge of honor, if you like, in, in having walked the Camino. And that gave me the confidence then to speak to some of the people that I ended up speaking to who, you know, I've spoken to in the course of making the film. I've, I've dealt with, you know, you know, the world's leading spiritualists and mystics. So um, it, it gave me a certain confidence to do that. Yeah. And... I suppose I've said many times on the podcast that the Caminos are like a metaphor for life. You have good days, you have bad days. Uh, Days you think, I'm doing this easy. Other days you think, I'm not doing this very well at all. I'm making a complete mess of it. And I think if you look at it like that, um, you can can accept some of the difficulties that the Camino uh, throws at you uh, because you know the next day will get better. Um, but but it wasn't all a bed of roses for you, was it? You're, you really struggled. I did struggle, um, and when it, when it comes down to it, I realised that the reason I struggled was because of ego. What happened was that um, in my preparation for the Camino, I pushed my training too hard, and I did damage. I didn't realise just how bad the damage was, but I did damage to my knee. So when I started off, I was a wounded creature, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it was ego. You know, it was absolutely ego. 
Um, and I, you know, my 30 days of walking was a real, uh, I wrote in my memoir book, uh, The Way My Way, that it was um, a Camino of pain management. Um, but I was determined to finish. I, I didn't, I remember once on the Camino thinking, if somebody has to cut off my knee and replace it with titanium, you know, uh, leg or something, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to finish the Camino. I don't care what happens to me afterwards. I just want to finish the Camino. Um, you know, so I I got through it. It was it was difficult, but you know, later on, uh, you know, I I didn't realize at the time, Dan, but I needed. I needed that Camino to make the film. And it's not because I have any kind of spiritual credibility or anything like that. I needed it internally. I needed to, because what happened with that pain, the most important thing that happened with that pain was that I learned humility. I learned that I couldn't, you know, I learned, I learned my limitations. I think that's one of the most important things that somebody can learn on the Camino is humility. Um, and I learned it in spades and I needed that humility to go into the making of that film. And, you know, look, you and I can talk about, you know, walking the Camino and then me making the film and so forth. But our conversation really is about endeavor, whatever endeavor it is that you wish to do after the Camino, how the Camino impacts on you as a person going into new endeavors after having walked the Camino and like I say, the Camino, I think, is one of the great transformative experiences possible in the world. And if you want to change your life and if you want to go off in new directions, then I would say, well, consider walking the Camino. God, I love hearing the way you describe it. And I've said in the intro that I think you sum it up so brilliantly. Uh, I wonder then, in taking the step-by-step process of walking a Camino did that help in the step-by-step process of making a film and then and making a step but and step-by-step changing of Bill Bennett to enable the film to be made not just in in a sense in the production of it but in your head well one of the things that I learned about um, the Camino and in fact I think it was um, from uh, Astorga um when you leave Astorga, and you might remember this, Dan, you know, having done this now a couple of times yourself, you see in the distance these extraordinary mountains. And when I walked, there were snow caps and seemed so far away. But I remember in that part of the Camino thinking, I can never get there. And step by step, day by day, they get closer and closer until one day you find yourself actually walking, walking them and walking up them. So I came to the conclusion that there is enormous power in what I call increments, you know, looking at life incrementally. A lot of us look at life and go, right, I want to do this, and that's a huge step. And we never achieve that because the step is so huge. But if you look at your life incrementally and go, right, today I want to achieve this, and then I'll think about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Then tomorrow you wake up and you go, tomorrow I want to achieve this. And then at the end of three months or a year, you've got to those mountains you you know you're climbing those mountains that goal of whatever it was you want to achieve so the power of increments is something that really i think is for me was a very very important lesson 
what happened with the film was this. Um, I started out with no money, no, no finance, and money started to come in incrementally, step by step. And what I found was that, just like with the Camino, that I had to approach it each day, starting off each day anew. With the film, I had to start off each day anew as well, because what I could film was contingent upon how much money had come in through investment. And the investment stopped and started. What I didn't realize was that I had to grow. That when the, when the money dried up and there was no money and I had to you know, sit around and read books on intuition and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, and look at YouTube videos of people talking about intuition and so forth. What was happening was that I was growing and learning. And the same thing happens on the Camino. You know, you might, you might rest up for a day or you might have a dinner and you talk to people and suddenly somebody says to you, those things that you need for everything that you're in a dilemma about to click into place. Um, this happens on the Camino. Uh, you know, that person, I, I, call these people Camino angels they give you exactly what you need when you need it and then they disappear and you never see them again but that person becomes a really really important part of your Camino experience and part of that transform transformative process that you're going through it was exa exactly the same thing with the film so I saw parallels between what happened to me on the Camino and what was happening to me in the making of the film and so that's I love it and I wanted to ask you though if you said before that your first step towards or walking the Camino was your first step towards coming out of the spiritual closet, mm. then you needed a personal courage to say that, you know, hey, I'm a divine being, you know, I'm this kind of spiritual guy now. But mm. you weren't always like that. I mean, you, you talked about having to leave your ego at the door. Tell mm. me then about God. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, God. Now, you got to understand, I grew up in a secular household. Uh, my parents were dentists. They came from a very strongly scientific bent. Um, all my siblings are in the sciences. My brother is a vet. Um, my sister is a psychologist and so forth. Um, it was an a-religious household that I, that I grew up in. And I had a fear of using the G word. In fact, when I first started making the film i i considered at one time making this entire film on intuition without using what i call the g word because i was terrified of it but what i realized when i started to um, talk to these experts that i spoke to and i really started to think about things you cannot talk about intuition without finding god now, I don't say that in a happy, clappy kind of <laughs> you know, uh, born-again, evangelical kind of way. I'm talking about God in the sense of an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, um, unifying cosmic force, if you like. Not some, you know, plump, patriarchal, bearded figure sitting in a cloud surrounded by cherubs, um, which is what I learned in... Um, Sunday school sure. when I was growing up, sure. um, which a lot, of, a lot of people see God as, as that kind of figure. Yeah. I now realize that what I call God is something else. It is, it is a force, a force of extraordinary benevolence. You can't put it into words. Any, any, any kind of words sound, sound um, trite. But I realized that I could not make this film without, without actually coming to terms with the fact that there is some divine force that guides our life. Um, and that's really what the film is about. 
And the Camino prepped me for that. There's no doubt. A lot of people walk the Camino, they don't even go to the churches. We've talked about this before, before Dan. You know, I'm, whilst I'm not a religious person and, and talking about God like this, I still don't see it in religious context. I see it in a spiritual context, but not a religious context. But the Camino preps you for that. It preps you for the notion that there are divine forces at work that guide you along that path and that heal you and that transform you. I really firmly believe that. So how much of your life now do you live purely on intuition? Oh, well, I was going to say from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, but that's not true. No, I actually use it while I'm sleeping too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I travel to other places, but I'm not quite sure where that is. (laughs) Well, well, you've you've been doing a lot of traveling and the, 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 the film is doing very well, isn't it? The response has been quite incredible. The response has been really pleasing, yeah. And what's, what's been really pleasing is that people talk about the film in terms of it, it having such a strong impact on their life and, and the film being something that, that they need right now to, to change their life. Um, that's, that's, what's really, that's what's really pleasing about it. I don't look at the film in terms of you know, it winning awards for, you know, for being a great film or going to film festivals and getting laurel wreaths around and stuff like that. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as being a film that hopefully can get out and connect with an audience and, and, and get people to the point where they can trust their intuition, where it is demystified that they realise, as Carolyn May says in the film, that intuition is ordinary. It's ordinary. We all have gut feelings. We all have, you know, these... We all have a sense of knowing um, at times when our logic tells us and our rational, our rational side of us tells us something else. We know in our heart what's right, what's right for us. So, you know, if the film goes some way to helping the world become more intuitive, what I think then is that the world will become a happier, more harmonious, um, a more unified place. That's, that's my big aim for it. Would, you, would it be fair to say that you've been surprised by the path your life has taken? Oh, Dan, you know, look, I, absolutely. And in fact, I, you know, because look, I started off this film a skeptic. I started off with, with the, uh, not only did I come from a secular science, evidence-based uh, household, I also came from 12 years working at the highest levels in journalism. And journalism, as you know, um, hones your cynical side, your sceptical side. So I came at the film and at this concept of intuition um, very much steeped in that ethos. The film changed me, um, and I wasn't expecting that. I I knew when I went into it that something was going to happen. I didn't think this would happen. Um, And, you know, as we said before, it's taken a lot of courage for me to do this but I knew I had to do it. I knew that if I, if I if I didn't step out and do this, then I would feel as though my life was incomplete. I should say to you, I don't I don't know whether you know this or not, but you know, as you know, you've seen the film. I feature in the film progressively. I do a lot of these interviews and so forth, but but I chart also my personal journey through the film. Um, I never wanted to be in the film. I worked on this film for three years and I was never in the film. I only decided to put myself in the film 
at the beginning of this year, right at the very last. And the only reason I did that was not out of ego or anything like that. It was because I felt that the audience needed an entry point to understand intuition and an entry point that started off a skeptic. So having made that decision, I knew that, all right, Bill, you're going to stick your neck out there. A lot of people are going to chop it off. A lot of people are going to laugh at you and ridicule you and call you silly names and so forth. But it was something I had to do. And I'm pleased that I've done it and I can't ever go back from here. Yeah. Well, you've answered my next question. I was going to say, what do your friends, colleagues and family make of it? But it is a well, it's a journey that they're happy to see you take, isn't it? Not necessarily. Right. Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, my, my family thinks I'm weird. And <laughs> there are elements in my family that think um, I'm scamming it, and, you know, that I haven't changed and this is all a bit of a show. Um, and that's that's okay. I, I, I was kind of expecting that. I've lost a lot of friends in the making of this film. You know, people have just dropped off because they just, they want the, the old Bill. You know, and the old Bill was profane and outrageous and, um, you know, headstrong and so forth. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that anymore. I might be a little bit profane. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But, um, but no, but interestingly, you know, of all those friends that have dropped off, my goodness, I've got probably three times more friends that have, you know, that I've made in this whole process, really from walking the Camino right at this moment. Um, I'm at, um, yeah, I'm just south of Noosa. We're about to have a screening tonight. But I'm having lunch with five Camino walkers um, that have come as a result of my writing my blog. Now, you know, they've, they've helped organize this screening tonight. They invite Jennifer and myself, my wife, around for lunch. So the link with the Camino just, you know, keeps on resonating through my life. And it, and it always will. You know, so, you know, the colleagues of mine who can't accept this new turn well i'm moving on you know i've changed i'm i'm moving forward and they can stay in a state of denial and in a state of being unawake um if i'm not awake now and then i'm certainly waking up and maybe it will be other lifetimes for them before they do wake up but we'll all wake up because we all have to go home and going home is getting to a point where we we are complete divine human beings. Fantastic. I've got a couple of quick questions. I've seen yep. the, I've seen the film twice and mm -hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I've said to, I've said to you and and to Jennifer your wife, I think it's a, an exceptional piece of work. Uh, Thank it, you. It, it's and it's it's thought provoking. And I think it's thought encouraging and it's also personally encouraging. I, I, I have adopted principles that I learned from the picture uh, and I can tell you and I can tell my listeners and my subscribers that it works. It Thank actually you. works. Now, but one thing I wanted to raise with you, Bill, is trust. And trust mm -hmm. is a big issue in terms of intuition. How can mm -hmm. we convince ourselves to trust ourselves? It's a really, really good point dan and and it's a it's a very very important question trust is fundamental to the process of um linking in with your intuitive system um as you know in the film towards the end of the film i list five steps of how to become how to tap into your intuition first is to stop second is to listen third is to ask 
Fourth is to trust, and fifth is to follow through. So you've got to stop. We live such busy lives. We've got to stop so that we can we can listen to our intuitive system. We've got to then listen to to what to the signs and the voices and so forth that come to us. Those little you know the, those little whispers and so forth. But fundamental. I mean, I the mere fact that I'm here talking to you now means that I trusted that voice which said slow down. If I didn't trust that voice, I have no doubt I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. So I trust, but I was forced to trust because it was a life or death thing. I didn't realize that at the time, but it was a life or death decision as to whether or not I would trust my intuition. So sometimes trust comes, you know, through quite dramatic circumstances like that. Other times it's something that we have to train. Um, in the film, as you know, there are a couple of people talk about what's called the parking angel. The parking angel is trusting that you're going to get the perfect spot in the crowded car park on Christmas Eve, on New Year's <laughs> Eve, right? And, uh, you know, somebody said to me, when, when your system is perfectly aligned, this happens all the time. Now, I, so, okay, so we talk about the parking angel, right? And I have... It's now, I, I, I used to laugh about it, but now it happens every single time, every single time. And somebody, I did a TV interview and, and I was talking about the parking angel and they said, oh, that's just coincidence. Well, it might, might be coincidence if it happens once. If it happens seven times or eight times or 10 times in a row, you know, in circumstances where you wouldn't ordinarily get a park, then you've got to say, it's not a coincidence anymore. There's something here happening. And that happens to me now. And all I can think is that maybe, you know, my energetic system is in alignment. I don't know. But it, but it happens. So trust, you develop trust over small things. You develop it over small things. And then as the trust begins to be validated, um, you know, like I said before, you then get, you then learn to trust it on the bigger questions. So trust is, I think, in many ways, a learned experience. My mother says, Hail Mary, full of grace, help me find a parking space. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it works. Well she, well, she, well, she puts that into a, in, into a religious context, but, but you don't even need to, to, to be religious about this. I'm not, like I said, I'm not religious, but I, I do believe. I go in there with the intention of getting the perfect parking space. And, and you know what? There's no parking space. And I think, right, this time it's not working. It's, it's just, you know, I failed. And then, bloody hell, somebody pulls out right at the perfect spot yeah. where I need to park, right opposite the entrance shop or wherever it is I need to go. Fantastic. Last, last time it was Dan Murphy's, I was buying wine. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I, I, said... was buying, I was buying a lot of wine and it was raining. I didn't want to walk far in the rain. And then, <laughs> you know, this bloke pulled out right opposite the front entrance and I said, thank you, VGS. <laughs> I said in the intro, it's fascinating to look at intuition as pilgrims because when yeah. you're on the Camino, you find this incredible space and time. And yeah. I- intuition can shine through. It's true, isn't it? That as pilgrims, we know how to, if you like, open ourselves up. Well, one of the things that happens, and I think this is why the Masetta is such an important part of the, of the um, experience of walking the Camino, is that you drop away the distractions. You know, one of the things that stops us from... from uh, hearing our intuition or linking in with our intuition in our daily lives is we have so many distractions. We've got cell phones, we've got 
you know, work pressures, we've got family pressures and all these sort of things. On the Camino, a lot of that drops away. Um, and particularly on a Mercedes, as you know, where you've got those, you know, you've got the sound of the wind, you've got the, the that metronomic sound of um, your poles on the, on the path and your footfalls and so forth. And what that does is that gets you into the space where you can start to listen to your intuition. Um, you know, and, and it can be it can be other parts of the Camino as well. But 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 this idea of of dropping away those barriers to your intuitive processes, I think I think that happens on the Camino, and I think that's part of the transformative process that you go through. You know, you open yourself up more to your intuitive side as you're walking the Camino because you're forced to. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I walked the whole thing. I'm, I'm not sure whether you did as well, but I walked the, I walked, um, the whole Camino Frances without listening to headphones. Yeah, I didn't listen. Um, no, no. Yeah. And because you've got to allow your mind to talk to you, and that's your intuitive mind. And once you get into that zone, and exhaustion is a part of it as well. You know, absolute physical exhaustion is a part of allowing, dropping all of those defenses, dropping all of those back so that you're, you can allow your intuition to connect to you. Um, like I say, it is, it is, um, it is such a, an important part of allowing the Camino to be a transformative agent for you. There's so much to learn and so much we have learned, Bill. You're off to a screening tonight uh, on the Sunshine mm. Coast. I know that, that the, one of the beauty, the great things about this podcast is it's not time specific. So, it's one of those things, but I hope that the... It, the well, life is not time-specific either. No, that, <laughs> So true, so true. There's no, there's no time or space, mate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you go because you've got a big night ahead of you, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll let my listeners know in a moment how they can access the film, and, and perhaps they might like to host in their local community a viewing of, of the film, and indeed it can be viewed anywhere around the world. Um, yep. So, so it's a very simple process. We can, we can, we can make things happen. Indeed, yep. indeed, you are making things happen, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And my listeners will really appreciate your insights. Congratulations on what I believe is an outstanding uh, piece of work, and uh, I wish you all the very best. And I know that this is only perhaps the start of your journey, much like a Camino, when they say that your Camino begins when you, you get home. You've got a lot of work to do still now, haven't you? This is only really the beginning of the journey. Oh, crikey, yeah. You know, both personally and also also in terms of in terms of films I want to do. I want to I want to make a film next on um, reincarnation. I want to make a film on ascension, but I also want to make a film on fear. I think the world needs a film on fear at the moment, but looking at fear from a spiritual perspective, um, you know, that, that interests me. But Dan, listen, if I can just take the opportunity to just say what an incredible job you're doing with this podcast in getting people's stories out to the world, um, you know, and in such a, um, a wise, knowledgeable and sympathetic way, I think it's really, I think it's really quite unique. Thanks, Bill. You're very kind. And congratulations. Good luck. I'll let you go and I'll let my okay. listeners know how and when they can, uh, they can perhaps show the film in their local community. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you Thanks, so Bill. much. Thanks, Bill. All the best. Okay. Thanks, Bye now. Sam. Bye. Bill Bennett there, the Australian filmmaker and author. The film is called PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. And if you'd like to start the process of getting the film screened in your local cinema, it's very simple. You go to fan 
fan-force.com, fan-force.com. You then use social media to promote your screening of the film. So you go to the website, fan-force.com, to register your interest. Then you use social media to promote your screening of the film. It doesn't cost you anything. Ticket sales cover the process and the price of presenting the film. You simply begin the process by registering your interest at fan-force.com. And if enough people are similarly interested, the cinema will show the movie and there are showings right now all around australia so you can you can find out more fan-force.com bill bennett my guest this week it's a massive success this this picture i absolutely love it i can't rave enough about it uh bill bennett is an australian filmmaker author and blogger if you google bill he's also written a couple of books about the camino in, in particular my uh the way my way is outstanding read as well it's been a lot of fun this week. As I said at the beginning of the program, I wandered off script a little bit. I hope you'll forgive me, but I know you will have enjoyed it as much as I did. My chat with Bill Bennett and PGS, Intuition is your personal guidance system. I'm Dan Mullins. Until next week, Buen Camino. Buen Camino.